Welcome to the Direct Response Marketing Magic Podcast. Seth Green is a five-time best-selling author, speaker, and nationally recognized direct response marketing expert who is CEO of one of the fastest-growing direct response marketing firms in the country. To get free access to a download of his new book, Podcast Marketing Magic, and a free live training webinar that will show you how you can use a podcast to attract new customers and referrals like magic, simply register at www.ultimatemarketingmagician.com. On the podcast, Seth brings together some of the most cutting-edge thought leaders in the world to share with you how they grow their businesses and how you can too. Hi, my name is Ella Green. The best marketing guy is my dad. First, he helps people with, with marketing magic. Next, if you need marketing help, he will help you. Finally, if he is a match marketer, my dad is the best. And now, here's your host, Seth Green. Welcome to the Direct Response Podcast. This is Seth Green. Today, I have the good fortune to be interviewing Sean Miller. Sean, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, man. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. So let's talk a little bit about your business and the really cool stuff that you are doing. Sure. Well, we're work, we're focused on working with Smink, which is S-M-Y-N-C, which is kind of a funny word, but came originally from Social Media Sync was where it came from. It's hard to name a company these days, right, with dot-coms and all that. But uh, Smink is focused on a, a very special niche, what, what, the jargon for which is social brand advocacy. And what that means really in English, Seth, is that it's really – difficult for a brand especially or a company of any kind to engage on social media as social media is intended to be used. It wasn't designed as an advertising platform. So it's a really funny, you know, round round peg and square hole situation when a brand tries to act like a person. They're really, really bad at it. And the networks aren't set up for that either. So but what works really, really well is, of course, what works generally well in business, and that's the fact that what others say about you is always much more impactful and more valuable than what you say about yourself. So the key is then a cultural and functional shift to get your people, your your clients, your employees, other stakeholders of your of your company or your brand to speak about you and on your behalf on the social platforms, and that works really, really well. Absolutely. So when you talk about that, how is that? So if I'm a business owner mm-hmm. and I say, well, I'm, I'm posting on Facebook, I'm posting on Twitter, I'm, I'm posting on Instagram or Snapchat now. Yeah. How is that? How is what you're talking about different? Because it doesn't sound like what the normal business is doing. Yeah, it's not. And in fact, that's exactly the problem. You said I'm posting, I'm posting and po- I'm posting, right? So on on average, I think this is worse, but the best stat I have is that on average brands talk out, they post usually in a promotional way 23 times for every time they actually interact with a, with an actual person. So 
what you've got is a lot of posting, a lot of blah blahing, and because of that, that is so ineffective in terms of actual human communication that in the last week, Facebook has further penalized brands for that and, and literally put the brand pages blah blahing about themselves to the bottom of the order in which they will organize newsfeed, which means that that blah blahing you're doing about yourself as a brand, literally nobody is ever going to see it. Nobody's ever going to see the blah blah. So how do we combat that? What is? Give me an example of blah blah and how yours is different. Well, what we're doing for, so strategically and then functionally different, right? Is we we try to facilitate. We find those people that that are stakeholders. They're interested. They're engaged. They're totally nerded out about what you do. And all of us that have some success in business, we understand. There, we have these clients that are like. They like us more than we do, right? Sometimes it's even uncomfortable. Like there's people that are like just totally geeked out about what we do and how we do it, right? And they're and they're awesome. And the reality is we 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 sort of don't pay them enough attention uh as business people. We we sort of take them for granted after a while or sometimes we're even a little bit weirded out by them. But what we have to do is we have to embrace them. We have to treat them like freaking rock star clients and ignite them, they're already excited, but ignite them to speak on our behalf on social. Now, we do that by by culturally working with the companies that we work with to help them to embrace those people, you know, find those people if they don't know who they are. We have, we have tools that make it really, really easy to find out who those people are if they don't. Because when we're working with companies like the size of Kellogg, sometimes they don't even know who those people are. But... Most of your listeners know probably those people, but we find those people, connect with them, communicate with them back and forth, right? Not just talking at them, but talking with them, and then giving them the kinds of things in terms of content production, you know, giving them experiences, communication, things that they would want to share on your behalf or that they will want to talk about on your behalf because they like it and they want to help other people find out that your company doesn't suck and your products are good and you're different from your competition. But we need people to do that on our behalf. So we, fa- we facilitate that activity. So how is there are a lot of companies that say that are like online referral engines in that, hey, we'll send an email out to your customers and we'll drive them to write an online review. This is so much different. Talk a little bit yeah. about that. That's a tactic, right? That's a tactic. Um, you know, almost everything that marketers are doing is it's just not sustainable. It's a campaign. It's a tactic. It's a it's a strategy of the day. You know, it gets something done. But what we're talking about here is building a relationship with your best clients and leveraging the social media uh, communication ability that they have on your behalf and having it grow on a continuous basis. We want to create a movement on your behalf. And a movement is not a campaign. It doesn't end in 30 days, right? It doesn't, it doesn't end if you stop paying the subscription fee to the dinkweed that sends the emails for you, right? It, this is, a, this is a, something that goes on and on and builds momentum 
momentum, and it, and it actually needs to be, by definition, bigger than you. It's, it's not about you. It's about them. Not about you. It's all about them. Absolutely true. How did Smink come about? Smink came about because we're all very experienced marketers. And, you know, as marketers, we have this funny thing that as long as, as, long as sales are good, we've been sort of allowed to do whatever the heck we want. And we've been allowed to create our own metrics to justify our budgets and our existence in the world <laughs> with our companies, right? And we, because we were able to create our own metrics, we, create, we created metrics that sort of made us look good. And, you know, as, as you would, right? <laughs> but, but the problem is that there, there was no correlation that as marketing became more and more about social selling and more and more about, about social media, those, those metrics became, had less and less congruence with actual sales or activity or relationships that, that grew our business. And so what's happened now is you have people you know, at the execution level of, of social that are trying to do things that they know doesn't work. They know they're just making noise, but it meets the, the metrics that are held together by middle management people to justify their jobs to upper management people that are going, why do we have this huge budget? Why are we spending all of this money on social media? Why, what, what are you doing with all this? So we've, crea- we've crafted these we call them vanity metrics. We've crafted these silly metrics that say, you know, impressions on social or the number of likes that we get or whatever this, you know, hearts that we get on Periscope or whatever sh- silly stuff we get. We've, we've used that to justify the business's investment in social, but they have nothing to do. You can't put likes on a balance sheet, right? And, and our, our frustration with that in our own world, and then our desire to find solutions that actually worked, and then to create tools, you can't automate anything that you can't do, right? <laughs> that would be kind of tricky. Yeah. Well, people try all the time, right? People try to buy technology and automation to do stuff that they can't do naturally, normally, right? It's, this is as normal as the day is long. But it, as we got good at this, then we began to create software and systems and automation tools to make it work for us on a consistent basis. Absolutely. I know you've had, this isn't your first entrepreneurial go-round. You've had such an incredible journey. Talk a little bit about how um, you, the, some of the biggest challenges you've had to overcome in business and what you learned from them. You know, you know, the thing, and being the direct response marketing, uh, you know, podcast, the thing that I, 11 years ago, Seth, my, I, I quit my job with Caterpillar and I bought a fitness business and I, I was branding my fitness business like what I knew from Caterpillar. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really bad idea, by the way, uh, unless you literally have just unlimited budgets, right, which right. you don't have as an independent business person. And I was very blessed to be connected with this guy, Joe Stankowski, and Joe moved to town from Philadelphia, where he had was involved with Mike Capuzzi's GKIC yep. group. And, and I didn't know anything about direct response marketing. I didn't know any of this stuff. And Joe came and became my friend and started working with our business, and he brought with him his flip cam, 
<laughs> right? Which doesn't exist anymore. But he brought with him this little handheld camera. And, and he taught me, he began to teach me and connect me in direct response marketing. And then we began to use social media with, with video, right? So we began to capture the story of our business and create little documentaries about what was happening in our business and, and create and capturing moments of social proof, right? Which is jargon I learned also from from Joe and from that GKI space, C space, right? So we begin to capture these things and, and we had so much success with it that it became a part of my identity was my connection into social and development and that. But that direct response marketing ideas and those concepts, I, I guarantee it saved the business. And then absolutely. And then how did it get from there to where you are now? Well, the you know, as we were so successful as a little independent business, which you're not supposed to be, and we were so profitable, and uh, you know, uh, people began to ask, you know, how how we were doing these things, and we started to get publicity in local media for being leaders in social media, which was new. I was, I remember, I was on the, I was literally on the front page of the Sunday local newspaper, front front page above the fold, full color. Me with my flip cam and my Blackberry <laughs> and talking about being, you know, what we were doing on social media with the fitness business. And so that that grew into consultancy work, right? That grew into the, the natural progression of, of showing other people how to do, you know, other business people how to do what we were doing. And the guys with, that are partnered in the, the project with Smink came from uh, other businesses and other experience. And, and putting that together gives us the ability to work really at a big brand level. Uh, and that's, that's very, very exciting. It's, that collaboration gives us a ton of horsepower. Absolutely. Talk, you've worked with some amazing clients. Talk a little bit about some of those folks, how those relationships came about, and uh, what, what, what they're doing. Well, we're hu- we're hubbed in uh, downtown Chicago at 1871, which is this just amazing startup community uh, right in the Merchandise Mart in downtown Chicago, and that's produced a per, you know put us into a, an area that's just a buzz. And the companies like uh, you know Razorfish is across the hall from us, and Motorola is upstairs, and we, you know, it puts us in this hub of amazing uh, energy and, and connectivity. And, and that's produced a, a lot of opportunities with those big agencies and the opportunities to connect with those people. And, and what they recognize is what we were just talking about. They know that they can't put likes on a balance sheet, right? They know that that, that what they're doing is a, is a problem. Uh, Facebook made a major change to the edge ring algorithm just last week that was just the dirt over the coffin of organic reach for a brand on social. And they, they know, right, there's just, there's just no options for them. Either they need to fundamentally change the way that they, the whole way that they think about social and the way that they engage with social, or strictly use it as an ad platform. Those are the only two options that they have. And so we're just perfectly well-timed to have a different perspective and a, and a more natural, organic way to use this thing that you know we all as individuals use and love every day, but companies just don't do very well. So if we're not going to just use it as a platform, ad platform, if we want the um, engagement, 
what are some of the biggest mistakes you see businesses making right now other than when they're blah blah blahing? <laughs> well, that's that's the main thing, right? And, and but what what we're seeing today, the other thing that's just happened, right, is the the greatest uh, event of social sharing that j- has just occurred on Facebook a few weeks ago, and it's come to be known as the Chewbacca Mom, right? Yes. <laughs> So, so the Chewbacca mom is fascinating because it's a little bit of what we in the, in the business call user-generated content. It's a piece of or authentic user-generated content by an average, regular, old, everyday person at that time, right? Now she's a freaking rock star, right? But at the time, she was just a mom in a minivan that bought something at Kohl's that made her laugh. Yes. And she put, it, she put it on video. Now, the result of that uh, literally produced, you know, it, this natural event. So, so viral today. What viral means today is shareable. Viral is shareable, and so if something is genuinely funny and engaging and, and generally brings me joy, and I think Seth that you would like it too, and I choose to share that with you, that is where virality comes from. And that is really, really, really freaking hard for Mattel to do, right, or Kohl's to do. It has to come organically from a natural person like, like uh, no, her name escapes me. I'll just keep calling her Chewbacca Mom. Chewbacca Mom, Mom right. <laughs> it, but that's a, that was a bit of user-generated content. So what brands need to do is they need to recognize those people that love their stuff and those people that like to share, right, that are active on social, and they like to be involved in that, and they need to embrace and empower them. We use the word ignite because they, they already are, are inclined to like it. Well, this, isn't, this is not something that we can, you know, this idea that, well, I'm going to find somebody that's it's very popular, Seth, that I'm going to find somebody who's influential, and they even call them influencers, and they use clout scores and all the shenanigans to measure. I'm going to find somebody who's influential, and I'm going to pay them like I would pay an athlete or a celebrity to bring my message to their, to their minions. And that doesn't, that, the people are like, well, screw that, right? I don't, I don't believe that. I don't trust those. I don't trust them. As soon as they're paid, I don't trust them. But the 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 you know natural uh, activity that natural user generated content, authentic, organic, whatever word you want to use, of Chewbacca Mom, it sold out all of you know it created 170 million views and then sold out all of the Chewbacca masks from all of the outlets. That, that in which Mattel stocks that product, not just Kohl's, not just Target, not just Walmart, right? All of them sold out of inventory. So by that orth, you know, organic, natural sharing of an experience with a product, we were able to, the result was to drive sales. Absolutely. So what do you like best about your business and what are the secrets to making Chewbacca mom worthy type content? <laughs> the, the thing that I like best about it is getting, changing this us versus them mindset. You know, one, one of the things that we've done, Seth, is we've, we've eliminated all military language. Right. It's not this is not this. There, it shouldn't be an idea where, where I'm going to launch a campaign against my target audience. And if they buy, I win and they lose. Right. That sucks. 
I don't, I don't want to be a part of that anymore. So that, that whole culture, that whole changing that culture of, to, to one of embracing our clients, realizing that the brand is what they say that it is, and it is how they represent us to be, and embracing that and encouraging that and creating a relationship with them that will sustain our business on a long, long term, right? Recognizing that we know that a military campaign can't last. It has to have a defined end, right? And there's a winner and a loser. So if we're using that military jargon we're just destined to be forever having to reload and and take a new a new campaign Uh, versus if we can create we can create exponential growth if we drop to us versus them build a real relationship with clients and grow the business for the long term and and that's what i like and that's what we created with the fitness business and that's what we're creating now for big brands and that and we just use social it's not a tactic Social is just part of our world. So social media is part of every single uh, phase of a consumer decision journey today. Right? We, sh- we share what we're considering to do. We share what we're evaluating. We share as we're buying. We share as we're experiencing. And then we share, you, you mentioned reviews. Then we share reviews and follow-up and recommendations that are, that are real and natural. And that's very, very powerful. So what I want the clients to do, and I, and I, I really dig this, is to realize that and embrace that and get involved with it and make it happen and start stop you know attacking prospects and instead you know embrace their actual clients and let them bring the message to the world absolutely great message great program for our listeners who are resonating with what you're saying and want to learn how they can have advocates on their behalf um, how do they get in touch with you how do they learn more about smink Oh, they can find smink.com, S-M-Y-N-C.com. They can find us on the social sites at GoSmink, uh, GoSmink.com. Uh, you can find me. I'm Sean, Sean M. Miller. Uh, you can find me on all the social sites, uh, S-H-A-W-N-M for Michael, my middle name, Miller, M-I-L-L-E-R. And uh, I have a book coming, Seth. It's uh, being edited right now. I have a book called The New Face of Your Brand. And we're going to be talking about all of these subject matter in the book. So that'll be on Amazon and all those great places here shortly. Awesome. We, well, we will have you let us know when the book comes out. We will have you back on to talk about it. Um, we greatly appreciate you being here. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Sean, thank you so much for giving us some of your very valuable time. Cool, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks, everybody. We will talk to you next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.